Hi, well, welcome to the Happy Single with your host, Christy. another episode. I hope you're doing well. My name is Christy Bissell. I am the host of this podcast. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. We're going to do an episode today on vinyl, the importance of it, why I think you should get a record player, why I think you should spend time in a record store, and how it will promote a better music relationship. It will promote a more open mind to what you're doing in the voice lessons and in your practice. It'll teach you to not be so hard on yourself and just to have a a better appreciation, a better understanding of what it is that you're trying to do. And yeah, I've been brainstorming different ways to do this episode because I've become so passionate about collecting vinyl that I wanted to do this right, and I didn't know how to do it. And um, my favorite store is called Iris Records, and it's in Jersey City. And it's where I bought my first gift for my boyfriend for his birthday. And um, yeah, I don't know. I had this really cool experience looking through all the records. And I didn't have a turntable at the time. But as soon as I was going through all of them, I was like, maybe I want to get one. But I've always been hesitant about doing so because I don't... I try not to spend a ton of money... Um, I feel like we all struggle with that, though. There's always something that we need, right? But I always thought that, you know, if I have the streaming sites, I can listen to my music anywhere. I can listen to it on YouTube. Why should I invest money on records? You know, some of them are really expensive. Why would I I do that? Um, And then I started to get it. And it's an incredible experience. Um, You look at the artwork. You look at the lyrics. It's all right there for you, and I don't think that we get that same experience when we're holding our phones, and I don't think we are spending the rightful amount of time with our music or gaining the appreciation for it. I don't think people go to enough live performances, and this is like the best, um, the, the second best thing you can do if you can't go and see the artists that you love live, then listen to their records and also support them by buying their records. That's a, an important thing. How much do they get from you buying a membership to a streaming site as opposed to you buying their record on their website? It's just, um, yeah, I, I fell into it. I fell in love with the culture and the world of it. And I want to get more of you involved in it. And I hope it will help you as a singer specifically because it helped me for sure. And if you're already a part of the vinyl collecting world, I want you on the Happy Singer discussion group, I want you to talk about it. Talk about your first vinyl experience. Talk about why you love owning it, um, how it's helped you, or, you know, whatever. I want to hear your comments. But getting back to how I wanted to do this episode, I kept racking my brain if I should just talk myself or if I should interview, I don't know, my boyfriend or interview some random people that are part of the group. And then I had the guts to, um, as I was buying records, it was a few weeks back, I was at Iris, my favorite record store in Jersey City. Um, 
Steve, the owner, was there, and I had the guts at a random thought to just ask him if he wanted to be on the podcast. And he said yes. This is the scary and fun part about being a podcaster. I Sometimes I get really nervous to ask people to be on the podcast because they could say no, you know. But most of the time people say yes, and it's very, very kind for them to spend their time. And honestly, a lot of people don't know what this podcast is, you know. So the fact that they wanted to make time... Uh, for me, anybody that's been on the podcast so far, I am just so deeply honored and I appreciate and value your time a lot. So the fact that Steve said yes, the owner of Iris Records, to come onto the podcast and talk about um, his life with vinyl and yeah, I'm just very honored. So I can't wait for you to listen to the episode. But very quickly, before you go ahead and listen to my conversation, let me introduce Stephen. So Stephen Gritsand is the founder of Iris Records, a multifaceted music business that has been serving up vinyl and compact discs to the New York area since the summer of 1996. Stephen attended American University in Washington, D.C., majoring in communications, economics, and graduating in 1982. After briefly writing for NBC Radio, he joined the wild world of Wall Street, working for Merrill Lynch for eight years in the turbulent late 80s. After being spit out of that profession, with not much more than his records in tow, Gritson started his retail vinyl shop, Iris Records, on Brunswick Street in Jersey City. Initially being open just one day a week, Friday for the curious, time flew by. 25 years later, he closed the original Iris Records on February 16th, 2019, and it was to great fanfare. <laughs> Le Petit Iris opened across the street from the original shop, which was just lovely, by the way, guys. Um, really, really a unique store. Um, anyway, Le Petit Iris opened across the street from the original shop a few months later and is back to being open just one day a week. Yes, Friday, 2 to 7. Iris sells outdoors around 100 times a year in Jersey City, at street fairs, in Manhattan and Brooklyn, and the Upper West Side's Grand Bazaar NYC many Sundays during this year. Um, his company, Record Riots, also hosts popular collectible record shows in eight different markets several times a year, including New Haven, Connecticut, Albany, New York, and Jersey City, of course. Um, Gritson hails from Roselle Park, New Jersey. His mother, Tamara, was one of New Jersey's Teachers of the Year of 1995. Stephen's other passions include writing, his girlfriend Genevieve in Montreal, swimming laps, and rooting against the New York Mets on the radio. He turns 60 in January and can't wait. The Iris website is www.irisrecordsjc.com and features pertinent information about the company's doings all year long. So keep in touch, guys. So here is my conversation with Stephen. I am so honored that he wanted to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. And enjoy, guys. So why does vinyl still matter? Right. First record and why. Right. Um, what is the benefit of vinyl over streaming music? Yeah. And then your first vinyl memory. Right. And most treasured piece of vinyl you own and why. You want a little bit of history. Yeah. I was a stockbroker. Okay. And when I left that business, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Okay. And I had a lot of records. Yeah. And I started 
selling my extra copies. Okay, because you had extras. Yeah, okay. I had extras, stuff I didn't like, stuff uh-huh. that, you know, we all end up with that. Uh-huh. And my brother lived in Manhattan, and he started doing the same thing. So okay. we were selling at flea markets. When was this? This would be in... Um, 93. Okay. 1993, yeah. 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, records were becoming unpopular at that time, but we were still buying and selling records. We started buying and selling CDs. Yeah. And uh, one thing led to another. This this business of mine was never planned. <laughs> I mean, it's like kind mo- of some of the best, yeah. Like, like most great things. You know, in other words, yeah. uh, buying and selling became sort of interesting. I started making yeah. some money, I, again, without a store, just yeah. doing markets and things like that. There was no internet then. Right, right. Um, and uh, that was sort of the genesis. Got it. Was, Got was, it. was, was financial need. Yeah, yeah. Now, I realized very quickly that I liked it. Right. And that I was also pretty good at it. Got it. So when did you head over to Brunswick, the other side of the street? I moved, I answered an ad in the Village Voice okay. in 1994, okay. f- placed by a photographer who worked for The Voice, and okay. she lived there. So the, the, the uh, ad said, come live, live in this funky pharmacy with me. Funky pharmacy, I love it. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's weird. So I, I came over and met her, Kathy, and we hit it off. And uh, moved in with her. And within a year or so, she was gone and another roommate was gone. We were a bunch of us living there. Yeah, and yeah. Suddenly, I was there alone. And rather than get more roommates, I decided, why don't I open a store? Heck with it. Yeah. Now, and it, it was one of the coolest stores. <laughs> well, in those days, I was only open one day a week. I remember seeing that on the website. It was Friday. Yeah. Because uh, I was still doing markets. Uh Uh-huh. And also this neighborhood had very few people that were interested in records. And no one was interested in records then really except for collectors, like really hardcore collectors. Right. It wasn't like regular people. Yeah. And Uh, even then you were trying to like, you had CDs, you had the tapes. Well, at the store, it was pretty much only records. That's awesome. I mean, we sold CDs at the markets. Okay. But not at the store. The store Uh was vinyl. And it was not the, you know, we didn't get rich doing that, but right. uh, we were we liked it, and we had customers, and we were there. That's awesome. Now, over time, things changed. The neighborhood changed, and yeah. people slowly started being more interested in records, and so that changed along the way. But that took a long time. When Don't, would you say that was, when people were like, oh, vinyl? <laughs> you know, it's re- well, it never was unpopular. But yeah. it really wasn't until probably 10 years ago okay. that people were started to be more interested. Uh-huh. But even then, it was a small percentage, nothing right. like today where a lot of people are interested. And, right. and today's current thing is about five years old. That's Got it. it. So that gives you some idea. So, so 94 is when I moved in. Mm-hmm. Maybe by uh, 2015, uh, 2005 or six, people started getting a little more interested in right, it, and, right. and, and then maybe 2014, things started getting better. Got it. But it's always been a niche business. Yeah. It's not for everybody, even today. Yeah. I mean, what are the some of the people that come in? Like, is there one type of, like, certain type of person or, like, a big population of, like, ages? And well, it, you know, it started off... It was hip-hop guys. Okay. Hip-hop played a big role in bringing vinyl back because they were using records to sample with. Oh, okay, And so in, in my early days here, we were selling 12-inch singles to DJs. Okay. And samples to hip-hop guys. Yeah. Um, over time, 
sampling is now done differently, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of things are digital. Uh, That's what, what I'm reading, yeah. What's changed, DJs, yeah. right, what's changed now is that there's, you know, everything's now released new on vinyl, all records are released, all artists yeah. release their albums, and, and so there's a big market of new vinyl, too. Yeah. But we still sell a lot of used records also. But yeah. So over time, it went from, you know, hip-hop guys and DJs and sampling, and then there were always collectors, meaning people looking for specific records for their collector right. collections. Not starting new collections, having existing collections. Yeah. What we have now is people starting collections. Yeah. And that's what's different about mm-hmm. the last five years. Okay. Got you know, it. People that just got a turntable. I, I, I hear it all. I just got a turntable. I need to buy some records. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, myself, was really reluctant because I was like, I have all the streaming sites. And I'm paying. Why? Why should I have yeah. vinyl? Um, and then I met my boyfriend, who was not my boyfriend at the time, and he was a vinyl collector. Yeah. And I'm a voice teacher, and I love music my whole life. My mother has a turntable, but I was never like, well, because I like to save. I'm not a big spender. Now I am. <laughs> I am officially now. Right. I have invested. Um, but I came here. The first time I came to Iris yep. was to buy him a record for his birthday ah. and I didn't know what to get him I knew he liked punk I knew he liked rock and so I was like well I don't know if you'll like Husker Du I got him a Husker Du and I got him a uh, Velvet Underground no you can't go wrong with that I didn't think so um, but I was like this is so cool because you can see like the pictures yeah, and then yeah. the lyrics are in the sleeves it's just so cool and um, and then after that I started buying for myself sure well but yeah you know, one of the appeals, I think, to people... There's a lot of reasons people buy records, but I think one of them is seeking out records is an activity that you can do with your... Uh, we, we have fathers and sons shopping. We have boyfriends oh. and girlfriends shopping. We have yeah. mothers and daughters shopping. It's something nice. you go and do. Yeah, yeah. Away from the computer. It's so great. S- and searching through all the things that are available and mm-hmm. finding things that maybe you didn't know existed love that so it's yeah. it's an adventure and uh-huh. it's an entertainment uh-huh. where listen i'm not going to tell you i don't buy things online but that's a yeah. cold experience right and records are re- shopping at a record store is a warm experience it's yeah dealing with other people hearing other music interacting and 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 as i said the search yeah which is really uh what I think a lot... I'm not even sure people realize that's what they like, but I think that's what they really like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's why I like it. You know, what will I find here if I come to the store today? Yeah. And on the internet, you're just going to punch in what you already know you want. Right. Boring. And sometimes you don't know what you want. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I, 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 there's a million reasons why records have become popular People will get into the sound quality issue, mm-hmm. which which is which I think is true. And um, but I think it's the adventure and the experience of ser- searching for things that yeah. that uh, that, uh, that Amazon can't replicate. Yeah, or Discogs. I'm, I'm yeah, right. any, anything. I mean, oh. th- those sites are fine for certain things, and there's nothing wrong with buying a record either. But uh, but yeah. there's nothing better than going to a record store and and having that experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's much I, nicer. Much nicer, and and I think it's part of why certain people are are quite turned on by the whole thing. It's so amazing, and I think for my students, um, they know 
very few artists. So whenever you go to a record store, if you don't know who that is and you like the cover, maybe you can, even if you don't have money to buy the record, you can at least go and check out those artists and learn more. But yeah, and we have we have a listening station where if the record is open, people can listen to it. A lot of people take advantage of that. I mean, the point the point is that it's. you know, it's a much more nurturing experience, I think, than just buying online, which is more always a practical issue. Most right. of the time when I buy something online, it's because I need something tomorrow and I got to get it. We just broke our toilet. We have to get a new... new. You need that. You know, so like, you know, I'm not going to like run around to a store. I, I We will have it tomorrow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think it's... Um, I also think that the current vinyl trend has something to do with an unconscious kickback against technology. I think there are people who are just like, enough with this. I want to do something old school. Mm -hmm. And putting a record on and turning it over when it's over and looking at the artwork. Yeah. And revisiting and and hooking up with uh, people from our past, the way our families listen to music, the Mm -hmm. way the first people listen to music when Edison first invented records. I mean, I think there's... Uh, people thinking, why not uh, experience something the old way? Because the new way is not always better. Right. And what are the upsides and downsides to streaming that you are aware of? You know, I'm not a big, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that the way music is made now for that, it's, it doesn't sound so good. And and, yeah. and I've, I've heard this from many people. So I think that would be the biggest issue is that it's a bit harsh sounding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't argue with people about this because we all right. we all have ways we live and we all do things a certain way. And right. one, I always tell the story that in the old days when I first moved here, when you would take a flight to go somewhere, you'd go down the street. There was a travel agency at the corner of Newark and Brunswick. Two old Italian ladies... They would have a book of all the flights, and they would page through it, and they would tell uh-huh. you, you, you know. And and I don't do that anymore. Yeah, and I don't. So know I don't want to sound that. like I don't want to sound like you know holier than thou. Right. I, you know, we all are corrupted by technology. Yeah. I think that um, uh, streaming sounds harsh, but I think people with their headset on walking down the street like the freedom of that. So I don't want to yeah. put it down. Yeah. It's true. You know, I, there's a convenience. I, I use my phone in the car to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Like this one. Yeah. And, 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 and that's digital, and yeah. that's yeah. on my phone, and, yeah. and I'm listening to the BBC, and I'm listening to mm. great podcasts, and I'm, I don't choose to listen to music that way. I tend to listen to, I use CDs in the car, but everyone's different. Right, right. I think we just listen to music however we can if we love music you yeah, know take and, it how we can get it yeah but. and I think right and I think that you know I take the approach I don't put people down for what they do <laughs> I mean you know it's a good way to be <laughs> one person reads on Kindle uh-huh, another yeah. person needs to have a book yeah. another person uses audiobooks mm-hmm. I mean I'm not here to tell you what you should do <laughs> I'm telling you that, that I'm telling you that a lot of people like records Mm -hmm. that in the New York area right now there's probably 50 or 60 stores now where there was probably 50 or 60 huh Brooklyn has a lot yeah so far right Brooklyn (laughs) has a lot Um, there's some in Manhattan there's some over here Uh, clearly people like the experience yeah yeah so it's not going away at this point 
uh, rent's going up and there's reasons people open and close. But, you know, we sell a lot of stuff online and and people buy online and and all of that is fine. You know, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Now... What's your first memory of, of vinyl or even music? Just you, you know, I, I really do have a. It's a bit. It's a bit cliche, but I actually have. Well, it's a bit cliche because every single record guy says the same thing. Okay, got it. But I do have a very. You know, there's a there's a picture of me and under the Christmas tree with a record player. Oh and my I, god! And I I found it and lost it, and I got to find it again because I want to put it online because it's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh! If you find it, we'll put it. As I'm like, like four the thing. years old or something. Oh. And I. Um, grew up with 45s, mm-hmm. and my first 45 was the Beatles' "Let It Be," the single. What a good one! And it was great, and um, my parents would take me to the store, and 45s were 79 cents, and I got to buy one. That's amazing. And you would listen to it over and over again, and you would yeah. never like the B side; you would only like yeah. the hit side, and. Yeah. Um, and I used to listen on the radio to the Top 40 station, and I used to keep track of what songs were number one uh-huh. and, and all these all these different kind of things. Uh, but I was quite wedded to music of all types. Mm. It was a time when AM radio played Al Green and Curtis Mayfield, followed mm. by Frank Sinatra, followed by the Beatles, followed by the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah. It was all over the place. Yeah. And and I grew up for that reason liking a lot of different music and 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 so it's always been a, a big part of my life. When I became a stockbroker, music was my escape from a job I didn't like. Yeah, get it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't like the job, and I would be, but I made a fair amount of money, so I was buying lots of records. Yeah. But so my my relationship with music has always been pretty strong. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, just the fact that you have a better relationship with it. Like, you're actually, like... Yeah, I think... Having this hold of it. It's like it's a part of your life. Yeah, well, I... I, Yeah, I think that... um, uh, I think we're a culture in transition. And I think from from an old style of life to a newer style of life, a modern life. And I think there are people who uh, miss some of the old style things. And And I think... Records, CD, even CDs. CDs were once more, once seen as very modern. Yeah. <laughs> and then CDs are now part of the old school, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, so yeah, I think um, sound quality is one thing, but I but I think the shopping of rec- for records is the same as shopping for books or shopping at flea yeah. markets or shopping at junk stores or vintage stores. I think it's always like, what am I going to find over here? Right. Right, 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 right. And that's a very for certain people, a very enjoyable experience yeah. that, that you can't really get when online is... Mu- and I, you know, I know all about it. Online is more, I want this exact mm-hmm. thing. Yep, yep. And I think there's something about touching it and looking at it and looking at the back and opening this thing and blah, blah, blah. Definitely, that, you know, definitely. All of that is uh, underappreciated, under, uh, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, you can barely even see it on your phone, the artwork. I mean, that's somebody's art. That, that's, that's completely associated that's specifically right. with the story that, that, of what that, the that, album's that, about. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, you know, all of those things sort of contribute to... It's still a fractured audience because it's not everybody. There was a time when yeah. records were the only thing you could buy. Mm-hmm. It's not like that now. But the business is healthy in the sense that... Um, 
as I said, a lot of stores and a lot of labels and, mm -hmm. and small labels and big labels. And yeah. there's a lot of records around. So One of the great things about, like, your local record store is, like, we're in Jersey City right now. Like, you have a little section just for musicians in this area. I don't know if everybody would find and support the artists that are right in your town or your city if, yeah, you and know. It, yeah, and not just that. If you look at other stores, our store now is very tiny, but... The bigger stores, they do a lot of local things. They have local bands playing. Yeah. They they support mm -hmm. local bands. Some of them have record labels. Like yeah. like the, the the record store uh, and and we are involved in outdoor markets and running the record rise, which is Saturday. You know, and and yes. all of those things are part of our outreach mm -hmm. of what it is more than just about money. A lot of things we did across the street at the old store, we didn't make any money on. It was more about. Mm -hmm providing a place for people to come and hear good music yeah. or, or, or this kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a, we carry some, we can't carry every local artist, but we try to carry a, a fair amount of them. That's and, great. and, and people like that. Yeah. And you're not going to get that, that local touch yeah. in any kind of technology setting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the record store here is so different from some of the ones that we've gone to. Like, we went to one in Toronto, and it was called Sonic Boom. And we were so, like, astonished at how much they had that we, like, we had to stop ourselves because we had, we, we couldn't, we're, we weren't going to get home. Like, we drove to Toronto, and right. I was like, we're not going to get back if we don't stop, like, putting on. You know what's funny bottom. about that? I sell to them. I know those guys. They're like it's, it's, a, it's a very big store. It's daunting. Yeah. Right, right, right. They had everything we could have wanted and more. Yeah, it was. You know, they're they're awful and wonderful. Yeah, well, there are you know Amoeba in California is like that. Okay. There there are stores right. that are very very big and no Sonic okay. Boom is a big store. Yeah, I mean, uh, what could be more fun than that? Yeah, it was like a candy store. Yeah. If you love music. And their prices are pretty good, I remember. It wasn't terrible. Right. It, it, we were actually surprised. And you're buying in Canadian dollars versus American, yeah. so it's a little cheaper that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that a good record store is like a, any good local business. It, it's a... It's a it's a view into the soul of the community. It's a, It's what makes the community go. It, it's... You know, uh, it's like uh, the general store. You know, we know yeah. a lot of what's going on in the neighborhood, and we, right. we get involved, and 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 it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's 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 something that you can't get from technology. Technology doesn't right. do that. Right, and because you own this store, and you have so many different genres and all these different artists, you have to be like one of the biggest experts in music because. You have everything. Like that's. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. To be fair, if I don't know everything about everything, and I don't, but I know what sells. I know what people want, and there's right. some things that I know more about and less about. But yeah, you have to know a lot about a lot of things, and yeah. and it's my strength as a store owner when I'm mm -hmm. selling at a market. Uh -huh. When I'm selling here at the shop, is that yes, I have a broad range of interest in all kinds of music, and I know a lot about it. Some of it is just having the right kind of brain to remember things like that. Uh -huh. Not uh -huh. sure everybody could do that. Everybody's job is different. Yeah, my job is very much like 
oh, I haven't seen this record before. It must be valuable. Right. Because, because I've been looking at records so long that that's how I yeah. will say to my employees, you know, check this record out. I've never seen this before. Because if I haven't right. seen it, that's odd that I haven't seen it. Right, right, right. So, so there's lots of little things like that. But, yeah, I mean, I have a strong uh, repertoire of what I like and, mm-hmm. and what I respect. And, um, and what is that? What's the couple that you really respect? Um, I mean, I'm a... You know, I've changed over the years. I was always a... I was into punk and new wave when I was mm-hmm. in college. And mm-hmm. then I became a little bit more of a singer-songwriter type. And now I like dance music and I like hip-hop awesome. and I like electronica. I mean, I like kind of like a lot of stuff. I, you know, to name a favorite record is ridiculous because I don't have a favorite record. I could give you a top 50 probably. All right, all right. I mean, but the... You know... Uh, I like a lot of different music, and it's not even normal for someone my age. I'm going to be 60, and most people, when they get to be 60, they like what they liked when they were 20. Right. And they think everything else is bad. Right. And this is, I went to see Death Cab for Cutie Cuby, two nights ago. How were they? It was awesome. I like we them went, a lot. We went to uh, Starland Ballroom in okay. Sarahville. I've never been there before. It's I've in the, never It's either. in Jersey. It's in the awesome. swamps of Jersey down on Love the beach, it. down on the, the, towards the shore. Okay, okay. Very Jersey crowd. Nice. And like that, that was, I'm from there, so it's uh-huh. very interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, Jenny Lewis opened up. She was great. And okay. The whole thing was, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like a good song. I write songs a little bit okay. myself. I have a, I, so, so who do I admire? Like, I like the Bee Gees. I think they write great songs, right? I mean, uh, I like Neutral Milk Hotel. He writes great. I like Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes writes great songs. And uh-huh. I, I saw him at the peak of his popularity which is probably I don't know 10 or 15 years ago when it when it was all coming out and yeah. I saw him in Philadelphia it was an amazing show I saw oh. the Prince Love Sexy Tour that was amazing I someone dragged me to that somehow and I love that I, I really have a strong background in a lot of different kinds of music I uh-huh. like a lot of it um, uh, and it's a moving target for me That's it's not so it's not one thing it's like it's what I don't know what I'm going to like next, and that's what I like about it. Okay, so this is cool. So you write, so if you are writing and you know all this music, how does it help you? Because I have a lot of singers that want to start writing music, but they don't listen to music. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it it helps me a lot. I actually think that, um, that the background of listening to music has given me a very strong base from which to write. Yeah, you know what's good. <laughs> yes, and it doesn't mean that sometimes I will write something and say to myself, ugh, that sounds like Bob Dylan, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, this sounds way... You know, you, yeah. you, you actually can do something that sounds way too derivative. Sure. But if you have a base, in my case of pop, I'm, I'm, I'm really a pop writer. Mm. I like a good chorus and I like a good hook. Yeah, yeah. Those are all from the records I listened to growing up and having, awesome. having that kind of strong feeling for that. And knowledge. And knowledge yeah. of it. And, and, and um, I think it's vital to listen to music in order to write. 
you know, you would like in a, in a perfect world to not have any but anything affect what you're doing and have it all come out naturally, but that's yeah. not the way it really works. Yeah. You know, we're all influenced, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and uh, you know, the Beatles were influenced by the Everly Brothers, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, right, yeah. right, and, 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 and so on. So, they were a cover band. Right, right. and yeah. all and all the black artists were were the soul and R and B artists are all coming out of the gospel music that they heard growing up. So, the, so the point is that you know having a strong background is vital if you really want to create. I yeah. think it's any 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 great musician you listen to, they're going to tell you what their most memorable early music was, what made the biggest impact on them, and yeah. they're even going to have. In some of my songs, I have little moments where it's 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 an oasis moment. Mm. It's a little moment where I'm I am copying them on this <laughs> little chord change, uh-huh. and you're kind of putting it together. You're you're putting yeah. this together with 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 the help of all the people you listen to, yeah. and your own self, all sort of pushing it together. Yeah, but it'll always be you. It's just it's Well, you're you're doing a reinterpretation of somewhat a limited art form. I mean, there's yeah. only so many notes and there's only so many chords and, yeah. and 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 we're all kind of putting together different ways. But yeah, I think um, I would never have been able to write any songs that people liked if I didn't have a strong background in in listening to music, appreciating music and singing along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. I mean, it really was like the first, you know, the first thing is the is singing along when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. To whatever it doesn't, and it doesn't really matter what it is. That's the other thing. I don't. I'm quite the. um, I'm a populist when it comes to music. I really think what you like is fine. Yeah. I I don't judge that. We don't judge people in here. The employees all know my feeling on this. It's like, you know, we sell a broad range of stuff. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Frank Zappa fan, but Frank Zappa's <laughs> great. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. He was a great human being, a very interesting political guy. And, mm. and you know, you like Frank Zappa, that's fine. And, and there's no problem with that yeah. here. And, and not all stores are like that. Yeah. Just, I've, I've never been made fun of, but I, I have had one person like, oh. I was like, oh. No, no, no. Is that a bad there, choice? That well, there's a little bit of that that goes on sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, for people who want to be singers or musicians, it's, it's very important to get a good background in music. It's very important to sing along to stuff and to, and mm-hmm. to learn where, what you like, yeah, what yeah. you're comfortable with, what range you're comfortable with. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm grateful to all the, and I'm hardly a major star. I'm a, I'm a, I just play for fun, and I've been in bands. But the point right, is right. That, I, that I'm very grateful for having all this background. I would never yeah. be able to have the thrill and joy of writing a song that somebody said is great. Yeah. And, and without all my support of all the things I listen to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, amazing. Um, so did your family, were they musical? Was there, like, a musical family? No, I mean, my parents liked music, but they were pretty casual about it. Okay. Um, I think they thought... My music thing was a bit out of control at an early uh, age. 
Got it. But but it's never not, stopped you. No, I mean it's no no no. I mean they they had no problem with music as a hobby. Uh huh. Um, my parents. I'm old enough that my parents were from not the rock and roll generation, so they Got thought it. all this new music was a little ridiculous. Ah. And it was sort of a you know I always tell younger people that in those days your parents would discourage you from listening to stuff. Like what, for example? Well, it, my father was not old enough. My father never really even liked Elvis Presley. So to him, Got all it. of this stuff is nonsense. Like, you should listen to Frank Sinatra, and you should listen yeah. to uh, Duke Ellington, and you should listen to Louis Armstrong. Not that any of those people are bad. They're all great. But it was very, <laughs> but it was very like, okay. you know, there was a, we called it in those days the generation gap. Got it. Now I see fathers and sons shopping for Green Day records together. Yeah. And this was not something that I grew up with. I grew up with my parents wondering when was I going to get over this rock and roll thing. Oops. Well, they, did, they didn't see. Well, they didn't see it as a continuum of mm. all being music with yeah. different tones and different colors, and mm-hmm. ranging from serious love songs to angry punk songs to music you want to dance to. They didn't, or soundtracks, and they didn't see this. They saw it as, well, this is the kind of music we like, and everybody should like that. And we don't, yeah. I don't ascribe to that. Okay, that's good. Obviously. You'll sell more. Well, of course. Of that. That's definitely a go. Um, oh, yeah. Most treasured piece of vinyl that you own is, and it doesn't have to be one thing, but what are some No, the first, I'll t- I'm going to tell you the first thing that comes to mind, but it's a, kind of ridiculous. But the first thing that comes to mind as a memorable piece of vinyl is I have a, I have a double 10-inch version of Promise Ring Wood Water, which, okay. is, which is an album. I, Promise Ring is an emo band from the 2000s. Actually, I think I know who they are. Am I confusing the Purity Ring, maybe? You're, maybe I'm you're confused. Con- Purity Ring is Canadian, and it's an electronic duo, I think. I think I like Promise Ring is a band from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. They're uh, indie rock, emo, uh, and Woodwater is their last album, and it's very different than their other albums, and I adore it. And I'm What so- makes it special? Uh, what makes it special is that it's emotional, and it's... Um, it's got a great groove to it. It's it's sort of acoustic in a way. They they're a mm. band that was known to be kind of punky, but it's not punky. Okay. But it's very raw and very emotional, and it's very wonderful. We carry it in the store. Oh, nice! And and I and I love it. And so I have a limited edition double ten inch. Oh, lovely! Rather yes. than the full length album of uh-huh. the record, and it's something I really treasure. Okay. And, and it's not it's not something your average record dealer is going to say that they treasure because it's probably worth $30. It's not incredibly valuable, but it's something that I love dearly. Yeah. And what's one of the songs on there that is uh, especially um, touching? Because um, you know I'm a you know to the this problem. <laughs> you know the problem is I actually don't know the names of the songs, all of them. I, sometimes, I, yeah, well, we, we're, you know... Sometimes we're not holding them. Oh, oh, oh. I think there's a song called Half Moon Sun. Half Moon Sun. Okay. Which is just a, a sad song about saying goodbye to somebody. And mm-hmm. if you've lived long enough, like I have, and I've had, you know, some goodbyes. My parents are dead and, and girlfriends are gone and one girlfriend got killed in an earthquake. I mean, you know, like... Oh, my God. When she was in Haiti, she worked for the UN uh, in 2010. The headquarters collapsed and she was in the head... That's a picture of her behind you with sunglasses back there, kind of campy. But my point is, I'm so sorry. It's okay. 
I mean, the, you you need in life to learn to say goodbye to things. You're going to have to say goodbye to everything. Yeah. And so the songs that are about that topic is of interest to me. And that song is, a, I think, the last song on the album. And uh, it's uh, quite lovely. And the whole album is, um, it's an odd one. It's a good one. I'll listen to it. If you have it here, I'll get it to oh, you. Oh, sure. I'm going to buy one or two today. I'll show <laughs> The point is that I'm, I'm, I'm very sentimental, and there's, um, it's a good thing. There's a lot of great sentimental music, and, and it oh, yeah. sort of works for me very well. So, uh-huh. you know, well, some people want to avoid that stuff. I, I kind of move right towards it. I do, too. I need it. Because yeah. I think a lot of times in my job, I, well, I have to be who I am, but we are professional. We're trying to correct faults in the human yep. voice that's yep. my job but yep. we're singing songs that are incredibly emotive and you know it's hard for me to be like well actually maybe if you just thought about this time in your life if you've ever experienced these lyrics yourself why don't you just go into that zone as opposed to go ahead and use more chest voice <laughs> go ahead and breathe right, down right, low right, you know right, so right, right, right. Yeah, so I feel like yeah, well, there's a when lot I go of, home, I wanted to listen to all that stuff. Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, you know. Um, I'm a sensitive guy, and I care about that stuff. You know, I don't I don't care about being angry. You know, like <laughs> like like, and I'm not criticizing that either. It's just no. that when I was younger, we were more into that kind of disruption, and now we I've needed got, that when we well, were. Yeah, now <laughs> I'm older, and I'm you know a little bit more like sentimental. Yeah. People leave your life. Uh, Mm-hmm. Things don't work out. Yeah. Dreams don't get realized. Others do. You know, you, you, yeah. you have to deal with all of that. And yeah. music, I think, um, I think music helps you integrate that into yourself. I think hearing, you know, like when you hear a song and you say, my God, how does that person know I'm feeling that way? Oh, my God, all the time. Right. And, and, I have and, that experience all the time. And there's almost like no... There's almost nothing else in life like that. Like, it, 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 you can be, I, I remember in 1998, I was in Paris, and the Pulp album had come out, uh, This Is Hardcore, and the first song is called The Fear. Mm-hmm. And it was just about being frightened out of your mind by mm-hmm. existence. And I remember that it, al- and I was going through a tough time, and I was almost like, how is it possible that this guy wrote this song? Right. And I'm listening to it. And it's almost like I'm right there. And we all have that experience. And there's nothing else, you know, there's almost no other thing like that. No. It's I mean, I don't know what, I mean, I guess some movies, maybe. Sure. You know, I guess, some or people, plays, paintings. Some people. Yes, a painting. Yeah. There's yeah. something about a song that is reflecting your inner space. It's very valuable. Yeah. Oh. And so so for me that's what the point of music is in general. Like I and I think we gravitate towards artists that mm-hmm. reflect some of how we feel and what how we see the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, that album by Promise Ring, I don't know what they would say if they were sitting here. But I mean I, I just think it's uh, um, uh, very very human and very lovely and I you know I have a CD of it I have a record of it and that's yeah, awesome I listen to it when I can so and there's yeah. millions of records like that they're not the only one but that's yeah. the one that came to mind that's that's awesome and I think what you were saying about like 
how did this person know that I was feeling this way? I think sometimes when you listen to a song and you don't feel that at all, the opposite effect. Yeah. Wow, someone feels that way. Because yeah. I think it makes us more empathetic in yeah, general. I think that's actually a very good point. Yeah, no, you're right. And my boyfriend and me, we have... We like a lot of the same stuff, yep. but he also has a very, very different taste right. from the get-go. He loves hardcore punk bands yep. and metal and all that stuff, but he also likes very soft stuff, too. But yep. I lean towards the very soft, yep. folky stuff, and he leans more towards that. And now I'm listening to more rock music that I've ever listened to and loving it and learning so much. Sure, and, sure. I know that. That's a good point. That's and good point. I do love that about going to a record store, even if I just like the title of it or I love getting 45s and just because I like a title of a song I'll buy it Ah. that's our game anytime we go to a record store I say you have to pick one that you like the title (laughs) of and you don't know what they are and he's like really I'm like yes that's a game we always well I think it's a kind of an interesting idea it's fun it's really fun then we go back home and we listen to it and we're like this is really weird and sometimes we're like oh my god I love it it's hit or miss, but it's so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, so I think that's really fun about music, um, both of those things. Yes, yeah, yeah. Having that. And again, I have a lot of students where they just listen. Only the voices that are huge and yeah. divas. Yeah. And then they come in and they want to learn that. And huh. it's it's very bewildering because, like, you can't be Aretha Franklin. That's well, Aretha. You know, it's like... It's not just that. You know, it's a bit like... It's a bit like um, a great athlete. You know, some of these singers are just born with this ridiculous... You know, Aretha, Fra- Aretha Franklin is just ridiculous. Yeah, like, the, you know, her stuff is just off the charts. And, yeah. you know, you have to be realistic about listening to other people who may not have those pipes. Yeah. But also work with it and come up with a way to sing that isn't Aretha Franklin. Because, you know... Yeah. I, George Martin said that Celine Dion, who's the producer of the Beatles, he yeah. said that Celine Dion's like the greatest singer he ever worked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the point is, these are people that are like the greatest baseball player or the greatest basketball player. If these are right. the greatest singers, they're they're freaks of nature. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, it's a bit like you know, you have to be. Uh, you know, you have to be on the on the level about what you want to accomplish with the tools that you have, not necessarily imitate somebody who is a freak of nature. Right. And there's so many different voices, like you were saying, like Tom Waits, one of my favorite singers yeah, in the Tom- world. But some people would say he's horrible. But if you just had a broader sense of what's out there, maybe you wouldn't beat up on yourself so much. Well, you wouldn't say what you would say about someone like Tom Waits is not that he's a great singer. He's a, he's a great rock vocalist, and, and, and that's a way to yes. look at it. Yeah. You know, Rod Stewart is another one. Like, there's a lot of people yes. with gravelly voices. Uh, the guy from the Sex Pistols, Johnny yes. Rotten. All of these guys have taken limited... They're not Aretha Franklin. They're right. not Otis Redding. They're right. not Freddie Mercury. These are people that had like crazy boy, or George Michael. These yes. are people with, yes. you know, you take what you have and you mold it into something that works for you mm-hmm. and yep. accomplishes what you want to accomplish the same way. And also you're unique then. Yes. You don't want to imitate anybody. Who wants to do that? Yeah, it gets boring. And yeah. you want to find yourself and that Absolutely. comes from listening to, to everything. So, you know, that's one of... The struggles in the voice studio. Yeah, well, I can imagine. I'm, I mean, uh, <laughs> you're dealing with younger people, and they're going to be very influenced by whatever of the moment. But yeah. part of the wisdom of growing older is to take is to not try to be what you're not. 
Right. Is to is to be who you are. Yeah. Not trying to imitate even record stores. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm what I. We have a little record store. I do a lot of outdoor markets. I'm very beloved in my own way. But I'm not going to be Sonic Boom in Toronto. They're a totally different kind of store. I mean, all, you know, yeah. and, and, and they're all good. All these things are good. I know those guys. They're nice guys. Yeah, and, uh, they all seem nice. No, they're right. <laughs> I, I, they, they come to the WFMU Record Fair every year. I, okay. I always sell them about $1,000 worth of records. Awesome. Cheap records. Stuff yeah. that they want to sell for 5 or $6. The point is, is that in life you want to come up with where you are and who you are and yeah. and and be very comfortable with that and yeah. work with within your what you have and what you what your talents yeah. are and go in that direction and not worry about anybody else. Right, right. And the story of Iris is really special. I mean, everybody loves Iris. If they're in Jersey, they love Iris Records. And something recently happened with the move. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but it's a it's a great story. It is a great story because, you know, um, I one of the reasons we moved is that the rent kept going up. But part of the reason was that, you know, it's just very hard to run a store five days a week. Yeah, yeah. But the reaction to us moving was overwhelming and and it really was very flattering because I didn't know how much people cared because oh, when yeah. you run a store and it's open every day. You know, there are days where it's pretty quiet. Right. But the, the reaction was amazing. It was a bit like um, a Hollywood movie. It was really a oh. nice ending. Uh, people were gracious. The city gave us some recognition. We had media coverage. Uh, we Good. made some money. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the whole thing was just, uh, I couldn't have possibly, I couldn't have written it any better. And there's so, you know, often in life it doesn't work out that way. So I have right. to say that I was very grateful and all the hard work yeah. and all the things we've done paid off. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, and I'm glad not to be over there because the, the landlord's a certain way and that's fine. That's and, what you're saying. Yeah, it's just good to, you know, I, I'm not mad at him. It's just good to move along. Right. And it's, this wasn't the plan, right, to move across the street? Well, we were here already. Okay, okay, got we it. We were using this as our online business and other stuff. Got it. And, 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 and honestly, in the back of my mind, we had this because I kept thinking, you know, if, if we move, I don't want to not have a Jersey City spot. Right, right, even, right. And I didn't think about having any type of store here. That mm-hmm. wasn't even the plan. That came afterwards. Right. The plan was we'll have a place where we can run our online business from, we can do our markets. Right. Then right. it was Ryan who works for me one day said, why don't we try to set up a store? I said, oh, it's too small. All right, Ryan. I said, oh, we can't do that. It's too small. But it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's great. We were so happy when we saw the Instagram post. Or maybe it was an email and reopened. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, people were, so and people were very supportive. And people are very supportive. And no, yeah. no, it, it's, it's all good. I mean, yeah. this store will never be like the other store. It's not going to be quite as comprehensive because I'm not spending as much time worrying about. Yeah. I used to worry about every section. Right, right, right. I mean, I, mean, I would, too. It was almost, like, crazy. Like, we're a little bit here, like, what we have is what we have, and if you want uh-huh. us to order something, we can, but we're, awesome. we can't be as uh, uh, perfect as we try to be across the street. But, Got it. But, no, I'm very happy to be here, very happy to have the space. It's yeah. very fortunate, because this is not a cheap neighborhood, and we got a pretty good rent and a, yeah. a good landlord, and... And it's all cool. Yeah, we were so happy because that was the 
the first gift I bought for my boyfriend over there. And then um, when we came back, I mean, it just was so nice because we can walk here. To buy records. Are you nearby? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So we're, like, right there. Well, and that's part of why probably the biggest reason I was sad to close was not the money. It was more I felt I was disappointing people because I think neighborhoods should have record stores. And and, and I was kind of hoping along the years that somebody younger would open a store and then I'd uh, close. God. Well, they did Tunes in Hoboken. Yeah. We went there after you closed. I guess yeah. we're like, I guess we'll go to Tunes? Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I know those guys. I was hoping someone would open one here, but it's yeah. the same thing. It's, a, it's not the easiest business. The rents are high and the profit margins are not that high and you have to... We do a lot of other things to keep the whole thing going. You yeah. saw me futzing around with T-shirts out there. I sell them at the market. Like we do all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and I got my bag. Yeah, you know. So I carry my records. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I support it. I'm in Manhattan, walking around with my bag. Very good. Very supporting. good. Supporting. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, you have no idea. We don't want to buy online. We want to come walk a well, ten minute walk and come here and buy our records. We plan on being here. You know, we're 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 now open every Friday from two to seven, which is not a long period. Period, but we're, good. We've, if people need to stop by during the week when we're open and not officially open, they can stop by <laughs> most of the time. And certainly, <laughs> and one weekend a month we're open every every uh, month. And oh, can, okay, great. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay. once a month. And uh, we're at the Grove Street Path all the time. And that was fun last weekend. It was like, what was it? What was the festival again? I don't know. Last week, it was... Well, we're there. I'm there again tomorrow, and I'm there again yeah. Saturday. I'm there two days in a row this week. Grove weekend. Street is bumping. Yeah, they always have yeah. stuff going on, and I'm a big part of that. They like having us there. Yeah. We're, we're a local business, and they, they're very supportive of us That's being great. there. So we'll be, we'll be around. Awesome. So where can people find you? Online, on the Instagram, well, we have, well you, they can just look up Iris Records. Iris Records, everybody. Yeah. Jersey City. The, rep, the website is irisrecordsjc.com. Awesome. Anything else you want to say? I want to say, everyone, just keep singing. Keep singing. Yay. Steve. (laughs) And there you have it, guys. There's my conversation with Steve from Irish Records, one of the best record stores in the whole entire world, if I do say so myself. It is a very fun experience. I hope this has... Um, kind of encouraged you to listen to music differently or to try and just make it more of a ritual, make it more, I don't even know, a religious, I don't know. Take more care into when you're listening to your music. If you don't get a turntable, no one's going to hate on you, but I'm very partial to it. I think it's nice to get away from our phones and to take time to flip our sides of our record to look at the art, to look at all the artists that did all the music, not just the main artists, but who was playing the fiddle, who was playing the drums, who was playing the piano. Knowing all of those names, it's super special, and it it almost makes you a part of their journey. Um, Anyway, I hope that this helped you. I hope that you will consider buying a turntable. And if you do... Go ahead and shoot us a message on the Happy Singer Discussion Group, and um, we'll talk to you soon. I'm hoping to do another episode like this on vinyl or how people listen to music other than just streaming sites. Um, Let me know what you think, and have a wonderful week. Bye.